This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I'm an attorney retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance claims expert, witness, and author and producer of these videos. Today, I'd like to talk about the Fifth Amendment and why it is of absolutely no use to an insured suing an insurance company. The Fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, of course, protects an individual from being forced to testify in a manner that might incriminate him or her and subject the witness to prosecution. It is a defense. It is a defense, however, not a weapon that can be used against a defendant in a civil suit. Since civil litigation is entered into voluntarily, testimony in a civil suit brought by a plaintiff is not a compulsion to self-incrimination because the plaintiff can protect his or her privilege by dismissing the suit. In Fremont Indemnity Company versus the Superior Court of Orange County, a 1982 decision of the California Court of Appeal. Plaintiff owned a restaurant. Fremont, the defendant, issued a policy insuring against its loss by fire. The policy included an exclusion under which the insurer would be relieved of liability on the policy if it was shown that the insured's arson caused the loss. After the fire, a criminal investigation into the origin of the fire was undertaken, and plaintiff naturally came under suspicion. As a consequence, the defendant declined to pay plaintiff's claim. Because of this, plaintiff filed suit against his insurer, seeking the indemnity promised by the insurance policy. Before his scheduled deposition, counsel for plaintiff notified counsel for the defendant that plaintiff would not appear for his deposition because he had been indicted for arson and therefore was asserting his constitutional privilege against self-incrimination. Since it was the plaintiff who claimed the privilege as to his own behavior, which was vitally relevant to a coverage exclusion contained in the very fire insurance policy upon which he sought recovery, the Court of Appeal issued a preemptory writ of mandate to the Orange County Superior Court directing it to compel the testimony, and if plaintiff continued to refuse to appear for deposition as ordered or refused to provide the documentary evidence has already ordered, the Court of Appeal instructed the trial court to dismiss the plaintiff's action. He continued to refuse, and his case against his insurer was dismissed by the trial court following the unusual order of the Court of Appeal in its uh, response to a writ of mandate. The Fremont Court analyzed the issue by reviewing discovery disputes where the commencement of litigation necessarily waived the privilege asserted. 
For instance, in Newsom versus the city of Oakland, the plaintiff asserting a claim for lost wages was compelled to disclose his failure to file income tax returns. And in city and county of San Francisco versus the Superior Court, a physician-patient privilege was waived when the plaintiff placed his physical condition in issue by filing an action for personal injuries. And in Wilson versus Superior Court, the plaintiff, by initiating an action against her accountant for malpractice with respect to tax advice she received, the plaintiff tendered issues involving the existence and content of her income tax returns and was precluded from asserting the privilege status of a taxpayer's copy of income tax returns. On April 12, 2012, the California Court of Appeal refused to reverse a conviction for arson and insurance fraud of James Kurtenbach. In doing so, the Court of Appeal in the People versus James Kurtenbach found that a statute that makes it a criminal act to conceal from an insurer the fact that the insured committed or conspired with others to commit insurance fraud or arson for profit does not violate the Fifth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. A jury convicted Kurtenbach of conspiracy to commit arson, arson causing great bodily injury, concealing or knowingly failing to disclose an event affecting an insurance benefit, and vandalism. The jury also made true findings that in committing the arson, Kurtenbach used a device designed to accelerate the fire and acted for pecuniary gain. The trial court imposed a prison sentence of 15 years and 8 months. Kurtenbach contended, among many things, that his conviction for concealing or knowingly failing to disclose an event affecting an insurance benefit violated his federal constitutional privilege against self-incrimination. Curtinback was charged with, among other counts, concealing or knowingly failing to disclose an event affecting an insurance benefit based on the fact that while his insurance carrier was investigating whether to provide coverage for the damage caused by the fire, Curtinback did not inform the carrier that the fire was caused by an arson that he planned. He claimed the Fifth Amendment protected him from this count. To qualify for the Fifth Amendment privilege, a communication must be testimonial, incriminating, and compelled. The United States Supreme Court has held that in certain instances, a defendant may invoke the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination as a defense in a criminal prosecution that is based on defendant's failure to comply with a statute requiring the disclosure of incriminating information. However, the United States Supreme Court set limitations on the circumstances in which a defendant may successfully invoke the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination as a defense to a prosecution for failing to comply 
with a statute requiring disclosure of incriminating information. Tension between the state's demand for disclosures and the protection of the right against self-incrimination must be resolved in terms of balancing the public need on the one hand and the individual claim to constitutional protection on the other. In conducting this balancing, the court determined that the self-incrimination defense is not available when the incriminating disclosure is required for compelling reasons unrelated to criminal law enforcement and as a part of a broadly applied regulatory regime. First, the disclosures required by the insurance fraud statute will not usually reveal incriminating information as some of the most common disclosures covered by the statute would be, for example, material facts concerning an insured's medical condition as relevant to disability or health insurance, the material facts concerning the operation of an automobile in the case of automobile insurance, or the circumstances of an injury or ability to work as relevant to a worker's compensation insurance, or the existence of other insurance policies as relevant to the availability of coverage under the policy at issue in the case before the Supreme Court. It is a rare case when the required disclosure would be the admission to a crime. Second, as it is an anti-fraud provision with criminal penalties, the activity it regulates is the making of insurance claims. Seeking benefits from an insurance carrier is an essentially legal activity. The clear intent of the statute is to criminalize the making of false or fraudulent claims, the ultimate objective of which is to obtain benefits to which the offender is not entitled. The part of the statute relating to concealment or failure to disclose functions as an integral part of that anti-fraud provision. Because it is part of a broader anti-fraud provision, the part of the anti-fraud statute satisfies the requirement that it was enacted for a compelling purpose other than to force a disclosure to be used in criminal law enforcement. Curtinback, therefore, had no right to rely on the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination as a defense to his conviction for concealing or knowingly failing to disclose that he committed arson because he was not compelled to make a claim to his insurer. Since the privilege against self-incrimination arises only when testimony is compelled, and the testimony, no matter how incriminatory, was not compelled within the meaning of the Fifth Amendment, Curtinback didn't have to file a claim. If he didn't file a claim, he would not be required to testify. The jury found that Curtinback failed to disclose the arson in order to obtain benefits to which he would not be entitled if he had disclosed that fact. Curtinback was not compelled by the statute to disclose the arson. Instead, he voluntarily put himself within the reach of the statutory disclosure requirements by 
attempting to obtain insurance benefits. In the absence of legal compulsion to make an incriminating disclosure, the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination does not apply. The arson and Curtinback's failure to disclose the arson to his insurance carrier occurred at different times. The arson occurred at the time of the fire. The failure to disclose the arson to the insurance carrier occurred in the following days and months as the insurance adjuster investigated the insurance claim. The Fifth Amendment will not protect the criminal who remains silent. The statute, therefore, requires that an insured who has attempted an insurance fraud advise his or her insurer of the fact or make no claim at all. Failure to do so is a criminal act. This is a weapon against fraud that is seldom used, but should be used often when evidence of fraud exists. In Guadagni versus New York City Transit Authority, the New York Appellate Court found that a plaintiff was not allowed to assert his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination to circumvent a jurisdictional prerequisite to the commencement of an action in tort against the Transit Authority, as the Southern District Court stated in Independent Productions Corp. v. Lowe's, Inc., plaintiffs in this civil action have initiated the action and forced defendants into court. If plaintiffs had not brought the action, they would not have been called on to testify. Even now, plaintiffs need not testify if they discontinue the action. They have freedom and reasonable choice of action. They cannot use this asserted privilege as both a sword and a shield. Defendants ought not be denied a possible defense because plaintiffs seek to invoke an alleged privilege that really doesn't exist. In Medical Protective Company versus Bubenic, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeal was faced with this question and resolved it against the person asserting the privilege and in favor of his insurer, who claimed that Bubenic failed to cooperate in his defense by asserting the privilege. The issue is simple. The Fifth Amendment to the United States Constitution is a protection, a shield, not a weapon, not a sword. If a person does not wish to testify in a manner that might incriminate him or her criminally, that person should not file a suit where he or she might be required to testify in a manner that might incriminate him or her. The Fifth Amendment only protects a person against being incriminated by his or her own compelled testimonial communications. It does not protect against questions posed by an insurance company as part of its investigation. The plaintiff can always protect his or her Fifth Amendment privilege by dismissing the lawsuit.
This video was adapted from my book, Zalma on Insurance Claims, Part 110, Second Edition, one of the 10-volume set of Zalma on Insurance Claims. It is available as both a Kindle book and as a paperback from Amazon.com, with details available at my website, Zalma.com, by clicking on the link to the Insurance Claims Library. If you found this video to be useful to you, please refer it to your colleagues. It's free. And if possible, please subscribe to my YouTube channel and to my blog so that you can be informed of future blog posts and videos. Thank you again for your attention.